Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome to this special episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer, and today I'm joined by Colin Nelson, the Football Operations Coordinator at Cowden Beef and a lifelong supporter of the Blue Brazil, to talk about the club's Lowland League adventures and their current direction both on and off the park since dropping out of the SPFL in the summer. Colin, it is wonderful to be talking to you today. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Pleasure, Craig. Um, it's fantastic to be on and, and I look forward to the many questions you've got for me. I'm going to start, Colin, with a really big, broad question from a fan's perspective. How has this season been so far? From a fan's perspective, you know, me being a fan since I was seven, eight years old, um, this season has been, uh, let's say, up and down. Mm-hmm. Um for many reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but what I would say is that the progress of the team has been um, really good. Uh, we've we've had an uphill battle right from the start. Um, as I said, we'll get into questions later on, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, we've assembled a squad very early, um, very quickly, sorry, and we had to go in and play teams that were full-time. Your St. Mirren's, uh, the best part-time team in the country, our growth, et cetera, all assembled a squad that had probably six, seven, eight training sessions together. So listen, from a fan's perspective, there's been little rosy sunshine, but there's also been difficult days. Um, that's what's happened since we've joined the Lowland League. Um, but yeah, we, we, we have to kind of remain positive. Positivity mm-hmm. is something that we, we have to have in this club um, because from a fan's perspective, the last God knows how many years, it's been <laughs> very much a negative mindset, you know, yeah. a neg- negative cloud around the club um, which has been difficult 
Um, so I think any cow and beef fan will tell you it's really difficult seeing where we are at the minute um, from where we've been. But now we have to, we've got the challenges, we have to embrace it, and that's where we are. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent. Everything you've touched on there, Colin, that is definitely stuff that I want to talk about at some point. But I want to go back, first of all, to May, when you were paired against Lowland League winners, Bonnie Rose Athletic, in the League 2 playoff. The two matches didn't go in Cowden's favour. Bonnie Rig won the first leg 3-0 and then won the second leg uh, 1-0 at Central Park. What was that feeling like when relegation into the Lowland League was finally confirmed? Uh I mean, obviously, there was that bit of inevitability about it from the first leg. Obviously, we lost 3-0. Listen, we lost over two legs and we deservedly lost. You know, there's no you know, there's no two ways about it. There's there's factors why we lost and there's, there's areas of why we lost. Uh, but that, that feeling was one where you thought, you know, wow, this is this is real. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was real now. And I'm not ashamed to say it, you know, I had a, I had a wee tear in my eye, as, as did many others in the club that, that day. Um, it hit the people hard, really hard, some more than others. But, you know, when you get hot hard, you've got to kind of get back up again. And that's what the club are doing now. But, yeah, it was it was tough um, because we knew the road we're then going to be going on. It was obviously clear from you know from the situation that the Morris the gaffer took over that we were in a difficult position and we I'm sure he and, and the players tried their very best to get out of that but ultimately we, we, we failed so as I said yeah it was a real disappointing probably the toughest day being a Cowden fan ever to be honest and we've obviously experienced relegations a lot yeah that- but that one was like wow okay so this is very significant to the town to the community and to the football club it had been a, a long, slow decline for a number of years, Colin. The, the, the team yeah. had some incredible highs, been the 2005-2006 the County Beef team under Mixupak Linen, for instance, that won the third division. Some of the best lower low league players I've ever seen playing in that team, like uh, Liam Buchanan was in his pomp, Armand Doni, Marcus Patalainen, absolutely fantastic players in the team that beat Dunfermline Athletic to in the playoffs to stay up. Guys that you had uh, like Tam O'Brien, Greg Stewart, Kane Hemmings. These were these were amazing players. When when you look back at those sides, how do you feel? A lot of pride and a lot of kind of a lot of like wow, those were some great players and some great times and some great adventures. You know, you you picked up on the two thousand five six season. I'll never ever forget when we went to Steny. Aye, the two one game, you guys two one. Yeah, I remember that. And and we were under the cosh a lot during that game. And and I'm friendly with one of the goal scorers from that day. And he still says it's one of the best feelings he ever had, scoring that goal and celebrating. No, I'm not rubbing it in here, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of pointing out that, listen, no. these are memories that will, regardless of what league we are in, the fans will always have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that team, especially that Mexu team, um, was it as good as like the, the Greg Stewart team and the Kane Hemmings team? No. But that's a team that will forever be in the folklore of the club mm-hmm. and... They're always uh, heroes, and and you know you know that there's some special special players, and you know some boys have had great careers as well off the back of that team, and so yeah, look back with fondness really, and and like okay, how did we go from there mm-hmm. to to down here? But again, that's where we're at, and so I, yeah, so but, that's what I wanted to ask then, Call. I mean, like like Cowden Beef for for a, for such a small team of packed an incredible amount into the last like 15, 16 years. 
crazy. The club, the club suffered successive relegations from the Championship first in 2015 and then from League One in 2016. They, served, they finished bottom of League Two in 2017 and 2018, survived the playoffs twice against East Kilbride and then Cove Rangers. There was improvement in 2019-2020. They finished ninth above Brecon in 2021 before finally being relegated in May yeah. What what happened over those past seven years? How do you go from a side that is holding its own in the championship to dropping out the SPFL altogether? Well, listen, I think um, Cowdenbeath as a football club is a, a warning to any club that's part-time with a small hardcore fan base that's riding the crest of a wave. As soon as you're doing that well and you start losing your best players and you maybe start taking an eye off the ball in terms of what, what made this club go in that direction um, and once you start that losing spiral it's very difficult to get to get out of it at any level of football I would say clearly from my perspective watching the, the, the football as soon as we started losing significant players on our team to either higher levels or, or moving on to, to other areas or managers as well you know because um, we have had very good managers you know Mixu, Danny Lennon mm. Even Colin Cameron, very successful guys um, for the club. But once we started replacing, clearly, Cowdenbeath as a football club, from a budget and financial aspect, you know, wouldn't be paying the the top wages in whatever league they were in at that time. So there's that area, probably the football club, and then there's also the area of of the finance and the town and and everything coming together when we're losing, you know, mm-hmm. we still at that time probably had a average attendance of between 300 to 350 fans. And when we're in the championship, we probably had slightly higher average attendance, but that's because of the away yeah. crowds. You know? um, so a lot of it will be down finance um, and player recruitment and that kind of, I don't want to say stigma, but mm-hmm. we, we did have losing football teams. That's, you know, that's what it boils down to really. And once you get into that, it's very difficult to get out. And we've obviously, you know, as a club, we've had, I wouldn't say we've had a lot of managers. You know, we, we, we had Gary Bowen for a number of years um, who came in and steadied the ship and then, you know, started putting really good squads together. But for one reason or another, it just didn't happen on the football pitch, you know. And like last year, at the start of last season, you know, Gary put a really good squad together on paper for me. And I was impressed and I thought, yeah, this this team's going to do okay. I actually thought we'd maybe even finish top four. Mm-hmm. That was my thought process on it. But we didn't. And, and yes, it's been really difficult. And there's lots of challenges behind the scenes as well. Um, from volunteers and, you know, people on the board and all that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately, it boils down to players, doesn't it? They win football games and yeah. management win football games. And unfortunately, we just didn't win enough. So, yeah. What's the Lowland League like then? How would you compare it to what, what you're used to in the SPFL? Listen, there's some really good things and some really positive things and there's also some negative things. I, I just had a chat with you there. Um, the fixture scheduling in mm-hmm, the Lowland League mm-hmm. is a bit, let's say, unique. Um, we've just come off the back of about five games in 16 days. Now we've got like no game for three weeks. Um, and then we come back to five games in the space of 17 days and then again, we've got two weeks break. So it's like that doesn't help from financial aspect as well because, you, you know, you're going two Saturdays without income. Um, 
you know, games in the league that are, are at home on a Wednesday night when the Champions League's on and all that stuff. All these yeah. factors impact on finances. And it might only be 50 people turn, that don't turn up, but that 50 people is crucial mm-hmm. to the club's finances. Um, but in terms of the good things, the league been really well received from from all teams in terms of like visiting and you know there is some teams that um, are are proper professional um, and on paper their squads are are very very good and I've actually been really shocked at how good the level has yeah. been. That's not a disrespect to teams, by the way. I'm just saying mm-hmm. like I was shocked. I mean we we played um, Stirling University the other week and honestly they were fantastic. Yeah, really, really good. Um, can't speak highly enough of them. And some other teams in the league where we, you know, open goal. Obviously, I, I, I kind of a new a new venture in the league, and and they've got some proper good players, mm-hmm. good manager, and they're trying something different. So it's a little bit of everything in the league. Obviously, with the Coke teams, open goal, tradition. You know, you've got a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. What about the Colt teams? What's your? I suppose I'm I'm going to watch here from your your you're putting your your sort of cow and beef employee cap on. But generally, what's your uh, opinion of the Colt teams? Do you enjoy playing against my them? My opinion is, listen, I will back what the club backs. But my personal <laughs> opinion, my personal opinion is that I think it's it's difficult when I see, for example, that we played a Hearts team with Connor Smith playing That's unbelievable. Yeah. against us. And then two weeks later, they play a team that's, you know, maybe similar in league position mm-hmm. to us. And they play younger players. Now, listen, it's their squad. I get it. They have to look after their own players. I totally understand it. But from a sporting integrity point of view, I've got a, I've got a issue with it personally. So, mm-hmm. um, And we did actually manage to get a really good result at Hearts. We drew one all. Um, but like the Rangers game, we were 2-0 up. But they had Lowry playing. They had um, Charlie McCann playing. They had yeah. Zach Lovelace playing. You know, and then, you know, Lowry and McCann's not playing a couple of weeks later. I just find that difficult, personally, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the, the grounds them, themselves? How do you enjoy travelling to places you perhaps would never have been to before? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've got a few that I've still not been to yet. But um, Trinent, for example, that was that was great. Their pitch was fantastic. Um, probably the best pitch I've seen. Um, it's all grass. Really nice little stadium for fans to go to in terms of like uh, close to the pitch, great little atmosphere. And um, obviously, the complete opposite of Cowden Beath, you know, it's difficult to get an, <laughs> an atmosphere at Cowden Beath. But yeah, I mean, obviously, there is teams that are playing at um, the ground sharing or, or you know, like Celtic B Rangers and yeah. um, Open Goal. So they're playing at some some bigger stadiums. Again, you've got that mix. Um, and then we'll go to, to teams like Dalbiti, where it's, it's going to be smaller. Um, stadiums, pitch won't be as nice probably as Trinent and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only league. It's it's got a lot of variables. Um, but as a football club, we just have to manage it and, mm. and embrace it. The, the season started quite poorly for Cowdenbeath, Colin, and you, the yeah. first six league games were without a win, and including yeah. like a, a loss to Galatasaray Rovers, draws with Hearts, being the LBT star. And for me, as an outsider looking in and keeping it up abreast of what's going on with Cowden's progress, I thought. Geez, oh, they're really in a bit of bother this season. Mm. That's a fair point. Uh, but what I would go back to is on June the 1st, um, bearing in mind, I think our league started kind of end of July. On June the 1st, we had no players. We had no assistant manager. We had no physio. We had no goalkeeping coach. We had Morris Ross who said, listen, I can't leave. I, you know, He felt like a responsibility to the football club 
to say, I need to try help this football club. Because if he also moved on, then we had no manager. We literally had zero. Mm-hmm. So I remember having a conversation with the manager and saying, right, we've no players. Um, where do we go? And I'm sure the chairman and the board would have said, this is your budget. And the budget was going to be reduced clearly mm-hmm. um, from what it was the previous season. It was significantly reduced. So we set about putting squad together and the, the manager, I mean, the manager's phone must have been literally 24-7 and, and I was 24-7 and our secretary was 24-7 and it was mayhem, to be honest, and we, we need to make sure we're never in that position again and, and we're doing building blocks to make sure that doesn't. So, you know, I understand, you know, looking at it from the outside in, oh, we've not won many games and things like that, but we integrated basically 20 to 22 brand new players we went into a Premier Cup where we had to have signed players. Right, okay. Um, so we probably signed boys maybe even after looking at them after maybe one or two training sessions when really you would have scout reports, you would mm-hmm. have you know, have them in for longer. We had to make quick decisions on boys. But you know what? The boys, I thought, have been fantastic. I think the players have applied themselves unbelievably. They're really good in the dressing room. They're good boys. We've obviously clearly went with a younger model at the football club, which I think is needed. Um, and only now we're starting to add a little bit of experience. But the start was really tough from the Premier Cup games. But, I, you know, even watching the games, I thought, right, OK, these these kids and these guys that were, that were playing, they've got talent. It just needs time to gel. It literally just needs time on the training field. Morris is our top coach. He's, he's well regarded in the game. I'm sure you'll agree. And he just needed time and um, to get the boys playing the way he wanted, understanding positioning, and just being a just being a team, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's I think that's where we struggled. And yeah, listen, it's disappointing when we didn't win games. For example, at home at Delbeti Star, who've, who've only won one game. Um, but there's varying factors in there, and um, probably footballing reasons and stuff like that. But I still seen progress in every game you mm-hmm. know like Celtic game we've got a boy sent off after 20 odd minutes and we were very much in the game we missed missed a chance from like three yards and I'm not wanting to go into hard luck stories I really don't because you know every fan's got a hard luck story about every game but I felt that good performances were there and results were coming and and I think the players felt it the manager felt it and so did the board as mm-hmm. well Fans are fans. They're going to be upset. They want to see their football. They want to see their football team win. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, and hopefully now at this point today they can see some progression of where we've been for those first four, five, six games. Well, that's absolutely correct because the last result was a one 0 win over East Kilbride. Yeah. Results had obviously improved on paper. Watching the results improve, that culminated by beating one of the the favourites for the, the Lowland League title, East Kilbride. You tell us about that match. Listen, the boys were unbelievable. Uh, Gaffer changed um, tactics a little bit, went to back three, and the players to a man were phenomenal. Everything that you want in a county team played with passion, they played with quality, calmness. They 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 basically done what the Gaffer asked them to do, and it was the most enjoyable performance I've seen in years. Um, and I'm not again. I actually felt a bit emotional after the game. I really did because. I know what hard work these boys are putting in. Like, I see it, and they're a good group. It's a really good dressing room. Some nice characters, and there is some young boys, and we've added 
like Ian Davison, who's, you know, 38 years old, but Aye. unbelievable experience, and he's been a revelation. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've ever thought we were not going to get to this point. It's just a matter of when and getting that big result, and, and Saturday was that big result. But listen, it's it's in, in almost in the past now. We have to kind of go on and, and keep replicating performances like that and, and getting wins, you know. But um, with no game for two or three weeks, is it's a bit of a bummer. But the boys were great, and they, they fully, fully deserved their victory. Um, another thing as well is we're not losing too many goals. I think we've got second or third best defensive record in the league. Um, so, yeah, we're, you know, we're well organised and... and Apart from the Trinent game where we lost four goals, uh, we've been we've been quite quite good in the last I would say five six games defensively, um, as well as scoring goals. So yeah, of the, of the players saying you've mentioned guys like Ian Davidson, I think Carlos Lyon would be familiar. Of course, he was previously known as Isaac Lane. These guys yeah. would be familiar to to fans of lower league teams. But in terms of the younger boys that you've come in, has there anyone in particular impressed you? Is there anyone that you think has got a chance of perhaps moving up a level? Definitely. Um, there's there's a couple of lads we've got from St. Martin um, on loan. Um, Aidan Gilmartin, for me, is is at a club where he can develop. He's got a manager that will make him a far better player. And that's, you know, although he's not our player, he's St. Martin's player, you know, he's going to go back to St. Martin a much better player. And that will be, you know, to the benefit of them and to the club because we've hopefully progressed him in his career. In terms of players that we've signed, you know, we've you have to give me a minute because we've signed that many players and sometimes they <laughs> hope to uh, go through but listen our captain Jordan Armstrong he's kind of oh yeah of course at, he used to play for Stenhouse Muir he's played Stenny, and he's never really been given that run of games to go play 15, 20, 30 games and and he's been phenomenal you know 7, 8 out of 10 every week um, good boy I personally think he can go back up the leagues um, you know we've got a boy on loan for Spartan Sam Newman, who's like night and day from the beginning, from when he come in in terms of his defensive side of things, and again that's all because of what they're given on the training pitch and and to to the man the management team, you know, our assistant Colin Jack as well is really good with the boys. But yeah, Scott Sinclair's a boy that we've we've taken from a much lower a lower level. He's um, scored loads of goals for Bonus, is that right? Yeah, Bonus Athletic, and, and he scored loads of goals, and he was very much sought after, and I had a chat with him, manager had a chat with him, and, and he kind of bought into, yeah, I'm going to get game time here, and, you know, he's got a, a good attitude, he's a great trainer, and he's he's a goal scorer, and I th- again, if he, if he keeps applying himself and progressing the way that the club hope, 100% he can go up the levels as well. I'm keen to know more about your role with the club, Colin. Obviously, there's a podcast, so people can't see it, but you're wearing, uh, you've got monogrammed uh, CN Cowdenbeath training top. What is yeah. the football operations coordinator then? What's your role at Central yeah. Park? Just to clarify, I've got training after this, so we're we'll, we'll training <laughs> the Orium. So, um, so, yeah, after this, I'm, I'm away to the Orium. Um, the role at the club's kind of, it's developed from me helping out um, last season, Kit because our kit man left and I got a phone call from our secretary saying, oh, can you help us away to Elgin? Three and a half hours, just help us out. Helped out, met the gaffer for the first time, enjoyed it, and I started doing the kit and stuff like that and just being in and around the club. I do a lot of other things for the club in terms of, you know, organising some things and, you know, different different things in the club to try and help wherever I can. And it's kind of just snowballed for there. I mean, my passion 
it's clearly the football club, but you know, I, I know a lot about the lower leagues like yourself. You know, you, you know a lot of teams, a lot of players, a lot of managers, and and I'm trying to lend a hand to um, the management staff and the club and be a bit of that go between between first team and manager to directors to and be that kind of link man. Um, but part of my duties now and um, part of my role. I had a meeting with the chairman, Donald Finlay, and I, I said, listen, I think the club would benefit from, you know, the role that I've now been given. And in terms of working with the manager, putting staff in place, putting recruitment in place, all these kind of things, it helps and facilitates the club. And, I mean, literally, there's there's about a three-page sheet of, of what I will be doing. Um as I said, it's a broad spectrum of things, um, and I'm enjoying it. And it's Good. it comes from a passion for the club, mm-hmm. and also to try and um, you know I'm doing coaching badges and all these kind of things. Just been at training and just learning. You know, you can learn more in ten minutes from a training session from the gaffer and Colin than you can on some of these, <laughs> you know, coaching courses personally. But um, yeah, but a lot of that is, and also fan engagement. You know, it's big. We've got a very small but hardcore group of fans um, who all have opinions, um, like any football club. And and part of what I'm trying to do is bring, you know, that together a little bit more. And fan engagement is something which, for a club our size, needs to happen. People need to to be heard and also understand the challenges the club's got. And, okay, we didn't win the first six games, but, you know, a realisation, well, this this is why... Kind of the team isn't mm-hmm. quite there yet, um, and and also bringing in staff. You know, I've I've got a, a hired a physio for the club. I've hired a a new kit man. Um, yesterday I had a meeting with somebody, and I'm going to be announcing it next week. We've just hired a chief scout. We've no scouting system at the football club. Right. Wow. Uh, zero. Um, even last year we had zero. I've just um got a new chief scout who's going to come in, and he. he you know he's he's shown a good passion for coming in, and he seems to have worked with a couple of English clubs as well as a couple of Scottish clubs, and I think he'll be really good. Um, and it's just building blocks, really, mm-hmm. and that's what the manager's big on as well is building blocks. And you know, even for somebody like myself, that's a building block for the club to keep progressing on mm-hmm. and off the pitch, and to try and facilitate ourselves getting back up the leagues. I mean, it's going to be a huge challenge. It's, it's probably not going to happen this year. Let's be honest. Um, will it happen next year? Who knows? That'll be the, that'll be the aim. But you know, again, it's going to be a huge challenge, but one that we embrace. Obviously, it's great listening to you talk about your passion for the club, and that certainly comes across. But what about the people who perhaps walked away from the club after its relegation? Said, "I've seen seven years where it's been not much fun, yeah. really difficult. I'm, I'm I'm not coming back." Given yeah. your role also involves fan engagement, how do you bring these people back in? the body of the Kirk as it were well son I've so many people that you're talking about are my, my friends you know they're, they're guys that I've stood on the terrace with for years um, I understand it and you know do I do I agree with it no but um, you know if you've you've got a passion for a football club it's it's there it's just there and you, it never really leaves you so I think what we need to do as a football club is to try and tap into that passion and try and get that back and try and get people back somehow and listen you can do little things like oh fans getting for free and, and kids getting for free because we're doing that kids getting for free etc 
we've, we've put on a match day experience for kids and getting local clubs in and all that stuff. I started that last year and that's been really successful. But in terms of getting that kind of hardcore group of fans back or people that are a little bit annoyed with the situation, a little bit kind of oh, downbeat now that we're in the Lowland League and they don't really see any light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. I would simply say we just need to engage with them further. So I've set up a meeting for Monday night, the first of many, hopefully. I came up with an idea of a what I would call a reunion day, which is... Um, fairly a basic concept which is we need to tap in to get everybody together for one game get into the local boozers put a couple of games on from the past um, seasons maybe like the Cowden Breakin game or the Cowden Dunfermline Championship uh, playoff game get it on the boozer get everybody together and reminisce and be together and that reminiscing get into the football club support the young guys support the club and hopefully that will keep one or two keep coming back because at the end of the day they are supporters and fans that have loved the club for years and years. So I think deep down, you know, we'll be trying to play to that side of it and deep down try and get them back. One but of obviously the, the other thing is we need to win football games as well. Of course, you know? of course, that certainly helps. One of the things I was going to ask you there, Colin, it's been an, an ongoing problem at Cowden Beef for a number of years now, even the, the days in the championship. In fact, the team don't own Central Park. Uh, for, for people that aren't quite perhaps uh, up to speed with the current situation, what is going on with Cowden Beef's uh, ground? So, yeah, listen, it's when um, the current owners took over from Gordon, they, they go back in the day, uh, they bought it. I forget the year, to be honest. Um, I want to say 2009, but I might be wrong. Um, you know, the, there was a lot of plans and, and those plans have, have fought, filtered away. At this point in time, the club doesn't own... The, the stadium, we lease the stadium. We've got a very good working relationship with owners, you know, the, the board and, and Donald and things. But that's a difficult because it's also a cost. It's a huge cost to the club whenever we're we're paying rent and we're paying for upkeep of the stadium, which is obviously any fan will tell you, you know, it's not the most modern. Uh, it's got its, its difficulties. Um, even simple things like the pitch, you know, it, it's a bugbear when I come in on a on a Sunday or a Monday or training on a Tuesday and I see the pitch and it's it's had like tire marks on it and it's just like you know we're trying to achieve something, but that's the difficulties the club have and there's not really a short term answer to how we get out of that to be honest, but it's certainly something more at board level and chairman level that they'll continually looking at that and seeing what, what the options are and, and how we get around that or get get things moving in the right direction in that regard. Well, in terms of bringing in new sponsorship, has that been difficult at all? Yes, um, because as soon as you go to the Lowland League, you've got less profile. Um, but what I would say is we've got a very core group of businesses that will support us no matter what and we thank them unreservedly. You know, uh, we've got Subsea, who are a key sponsor for us. Yeah. Um, local team, local, sorry, businesses that are constantly there, even the local boozers. We've just started up the Junction Supporters Club. They've not done that for the last few years because they've seen, all right, okay, we maybe need to do something. But what they've done is the fans of this is let's embrace the Lone League. Let's go and, and start a supporters club to say, let's go to the Trinets, let's go to Dalbetes and have a day out because we've been going to the same teams for years and years. So they've flipped it as a positive rather than a negative. Um, 
So that's been positive. Listen, there's a lot of positive things going on at the club. Um, we just don't get a chance to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and some people sometimes don't want to listen either. Um, but listen, uh, it still boils down to do you get your three points on a Saturday sometimes mm-hmm. to some people, which I totally understand. And it can ruin your Saturday, it can ruin your weekend. You'll know, you know, you've watched Steny and Listen, that, of- that game at Cowden Beath, local view game when you beat us well, that just didn't ruin my weekend, that ruined my life. So let's uh, <laughs> let, let's have it then. I know exactly what you mean. But in terms of the, the, the future for the club, what is it? What, what's the sort of the short term? It sounds like it's moving in the right direction. But medium term and long term, Colin, where do you see Cowden then in the next, say, five years? So five years, it start. you know, the, the process of, of where we go, is already starting. Now that starts on the pitch and off the pitch. So as I said, on the pitch, hiring a chief scout, putting building blocks in place, putting uh, young players, targeting 18 to 24 year olds, maybe putting them on slightly longer contracts than we normally would so that we can give them the benefit of let's go play 20, 30, 40 games and if you're good enough, you'll play next season and hopefully you're good enough that teams at League One or, or you know Championship potentially will come in for you. Um, that should be the model um, that we go for. In terms of um, off the pitch, you know, the board are, are very vocal in the fact that they need um, more help. They want more people. We've just added two more board members with new ideas. They're constantly looking for ideas and initiatives and people to run with it. We need more volunteers, whether that be really small things or or, or big things. Um so we're trying to engage with people to even bring people in on the board potentially. Um, as I said, with new ideas, finance would be a help. You know, if they've, if they've got a couple of million in the back pocket, that always <laughs> helps. It's going to be difficult to find lads like that, but you never know. Um, but yeah, so short term, I think it's to basically get everybody more engaged, everybody more aligned with where the club's going. Win more football games, you know, we're not we're not here to sit and make crazy gestures like, oh, we want to, you know, we want to um, do X, Y and Z this year. I think I had a chat with the chairman at the start of the season and the chairman says, listen, this football team, football club has been losing games for four or five years. I just want to win games. And if we don't go up, fine, but let's win games. And obviously that's why it was so difficult at the start because mm-hmm. we thought, all oh, right, OK, we'll win games. And listen, yeah, we beat East Kilbride last week and and hopefully we go on a little run. If it doesn't happen, fine, but we've, we've got to believe in the process. Um, and as I said, that process is starting on and off the pitch. Um, medium term is to clearly to finish as high up in the Scottish Leagues as we can. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't want to be a lonely league team. We want to be back in the SPFL. How we go about doing that when teams are clearly going to be paying much more for players than we are, that's the challenge. But, you know, Bonnie Rig didn't go up and probably have the biggest budget. So, that you know, you can buck the trend. You don't mm-hmm. have to have the biggest budget to, to go up. But at the same time, that takes things, again, on and off the pitch and recruitment and, and all these kind of an environment and, you know, a, a, a nice place to work and all these kind of things and to, to be aligned, to go together. Um, long-term... You know, as I said, the board of directors and the club will probably have that vision of what they want to do long term in regards to the stadium, regards to the club overall. Um, 
But a lot of fans would just say, we just want a club. We just mm-hmm. want a club that we can be proud of. We can turn up um, and and go and watch a team that, that plays for the jersey and we win games of football. You know, that's that's what fans want ultimately. And, and to be successful, mm-hmm. just be successful. Now, what that successful is, that you know, what those goals and aspirations are, that will be for the board and, and stuff to, to yeah. decide on that. But, yeah, I'd love to see us get back in the SBFL. Um, yeah, me too. I hope Kevin can come back up as soon as possible. But we're not naive, you know. It's it's unbelievably difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, no team's done it. Um, and that's why I think it should be a warning sign to any clubs. And that's what's maybe pushing wages up as well in League 2 and League 1. You know, mm-hmm. the, the threat of going down is huge. So it is pushing finances for players up, up and up. Um and are you getting true value for money and, and things like that? Um, so, yes, yeah, so you have to use every penny at this club wisely. And, and maybe in the past we haven't, but that's maybe that's a personal opinion. But the proof's in the pudding. We are where we are now, aren't we? So, Colin, I wish you and the club all the very best luck, not just for the rest of the season, but going on into the future. And I'm sure with people like you at the helm, with your passion and dedication for them, they'll be in a good place. So thank you very much for your time today. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Thanks, Craig. No, that was brilliant. Thank you. I'd also like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. Remember, your support for the Terrace is incredibly helpful. If you donate money to the Patreon, no matter what amount, it all goes to a good cause. There are, a cause, beg your pardon. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of podcasts that are released every month and uh, you certainly get your money's worth. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. I hope you learned a bit about more about Cowan Beef and the Lowland League, and I'm sure I will see you again very soon. So thank you very much. Take care and enjoy your football. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.